As a believer, reading God's Word is a critical part of your daily spiritual journey. And because it's so important, we've created a unique new resource to help you immerse yourself in biblical truth and open your eyes to all God's Word has for you. It's a free PDF download called The Word One-to-One that takes you on a guided journey through John chapter one. With biblical text and short commentary, each page provides insights that will strengthen your faith in an easy to read guided format. There's truly no other resource like this. Download your free PDF copy today at premierinsight.org forward slash resources. That's premierinsight.org forward slash resources. Defend and share your faith with confidence. This is Unapologetic from Premier Unbelievable. Thank you for joining us on Unapologetic. I'm Ruth Jackson. And before we hear from today's guest, just a quick reminder to visit premierunbelievable.com for more shows, articles and resources. And you can also register there for the chance to win a free book. And if you enjoy listening to Unapologetic, then please do consider rating and reviewing it on your podcast platform. But now for today's show. Sunday the 10th of March is Mothering Sunday here in the UK. And while this will be a cause of celebration for many, it's also a day that so many people struggle with for a plethora of different reasons. And one person who I think has spoken both vulnerably and so beautifully about this topic is the incredible makeup artist, Hannah Martin. Hannah has had over 20 years experience in the industry and she's worked with some of the world's most famous um, faces from supermodels to princesses. British Vogue named her, I think totally rightly so, the queen of radiant skin and smoky eye tutorials. Hannah was resident makeup expert on 10 Years Younger in 10 Days, which won Best Fashion and Makeup Show when she was on it. And last year, she released the Sunday Times bestseller book, Makeup, a Masterclass in Beauty, which normally sits in pride of place on my bookshelf alongside all of my academic books. But here is right next to me today because it's such an incredible book and I am so excited to have her on the show. Hannah, thank you so much for joining us today. Really, it's so nice to see you. Oh, it's such a pleasure to have makeup royalty right in front of me. <laughs> to think of all the times, just to give the audience backstory, we actually went to school together. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure we had some raucous makeup play evenings at school. We, defi- we definitely pierced an ear together. I know. <laughs> definitely I, seems safe. Do not do that at home. <laughs> I regaled that story to someone really recently. I was like, no, it's, it's the pop. When it goes through the other side what? that you've got to wait for. But yeah, who would who would have thought after all those shenanigans, people actually is... trust me with their faces. <laughs> I trust you with my face, and I totally Now, before we delve into some of your story, and we're going to be talking about so many really important things today. One of the things you are known for is your amazing short t- tutorials on, on TikTok and Instagram. So I wanted to kind of turn the camera on you and do a, a few sort of quick fire questions. Do and it. I, want it, I just want it to be your gut reaction. So don't overthink these okay. questions. Okay, I Let's love go. it. Okay, make a product that you wouldn't leave the house without. Mascara. Mazza, as you call it. Mazzy. 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 <laughs> I was like, what is Mazzy? Uh, favourite cheese? Baby Bell. 
Yes, come on. Come on. Steal it from the child's lunch blocks. Uh, most, most embarrassing moment, Hannah? Farting during gymnastics. Oh, that's good. That is it good. was bad. I was, on, I was on the bars, so I was kind of in the gym above everyone else. And there was no denying where that noise came from. And yeah, I was like, hi, guys. That was me. That's excellent. Soz. Have you ever have you ever done anything incredibly embarrassing in your career, like while you've been doing anyone's makeup or anything like that? Well, I did a masterclass with yesterday's knickers hanging out the back of my trousers. <laughs> I mean, I was that's pretty, pretty bad. Until <laughs> someone was like, "I'm sorry, I'm pretty sure there's something hanging out the back of your trousers." I was like, okay. <laughs> "So there Thanks is." For Thanks for that. <laughs> um, career highlight, if you are in fact allowed to talk about it. I've had so I've been so lucky where I've had so many and all so different. Um, probably the first time I saw my name credited in a book, and that was one of Bobby Brown's books. Do you have a favourite Bible verse? You mentioned it earlier, actually, when we prayed, and it's Zephaniah three verse seventeen, and I think it's it's just hard. It's from my youth, but the idea that God, my dad, delights over me with singing. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, maybe that wasn't a concept I experienced as a young person. So I've always loved that. Top makeup tip if you are a sleep-deprived, busy mum. Oh my gosh, corrector. Corrector under the eyes is a, a like a discoloration neutraliser. So whether you've got a pinky shadow, you want to neutralise it with a pink corrector before you put your concealer on. Or if the shadow is a bit more brown, you want a peach corrector. And it just brightens and perfects so you don't look half as shattered as he might feel um again if you are allowed to talk about it the nicest celebrity that you have met do you know what i was i've been really lucky to meet some gorgeous 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 celebrities something that happened in my most recent past is i had a a surgery and the first person to video call me was the actress hannah waddingham and i was just coming around from my general and i was like simon who is it what's happening and i had a lovely kind of pain relief induced weird chat with Hannah for a good half an hour and yeah she says she's a girl's girl and she is a girl's girl she's great love her love her what is your favorite song right now oh do you know I'm still a bit stuck on two two uh if we're talking secular then I still love flowers by Miley Cyrus can't get over it I can buy myself flowers and it makes me think of like my bestie my local besties and then at the moment, Hope on the Horizon by KCX is just like those words, especially if we're talking about Mother's Day and kind of grieving. There's that line where it says, uh, when you've got empty hands and warm out, worn out praise, when all your prayers seem to go to waste. Like, uh, you know, that was me for a big season of my uh, young married life. So, yeah, hold on to hope. They have beautiful words. This is a really selfish one, but best musical. Best musical? Mm-hmm. Can I say cabaret? You can 100% cabaret. And again, just for the viewers, uh, Hannah did the most incredible rendition of Sally Bowles in our school musical when we were, who knows how old we were, but fantastic. No one's so been young. that ever since. But do you know what? We just today, I've been arranging with my girlfriend a trip to go and see cabaret in the West End because actually Cara Delevingne is playing Roxy. No, well, that's it. Chicago. Who am Sally I? Balls. I was Sally. The Thanks. one you played. The one. <laughs> Hang on. Um, so yes, yeah, so we're going to see it. So I'm very excited. 
Oh, come on. That's very exciting. Now, is there anyone, I feel like because you are such an incredible makeup artist to all of the stars, you may well have done everyone you ever wanted to do, but is there mm. anyone whose makeup you would want to do that you haven't done if you got the chance? Do you know what? When people ask me this, I always say, and it's an impossibility because she's not alive anymore, but it would have been Elizabeth Taylor. Because I just think she's such a Hollywood icon, but so beautiful. And she had such great taste in jewellery. I just want to be like, all right, so Lizzie, whilst we chat, can I try on your diamonds, please, babe? <laughs> Can't be that. Can't be that. <laughs> um, you have got uh, an amazing list of sort of FAQs in the back of your book. But what is the most common question you are regularly asked about makeup? And what is your answer? Um, so often it is, how do I find the right foundation for me? And... Um, I always say you, you just have to colour test that you, you can't guess you can't swatch the back of your hand you can't test on your neck you just have to get it on your face so if and where at all possible go to a department store either ask for samples or try in store but try it on the middle of your face so you can see how it blends in but it's amazing how you know I think certainly in this country in particular in the UK a lot of people assume that foundation is just going to fix everything and it's mm. like actually no it kind of you need to have the right skincare underneath and you can't just buy the number one best-selling foundation because it might not suit your skin type so there's a bit more um usually like digging to find what would potentially be a good foundation based on preference and skin type etc and, and get Hannah's book because it will tell you all those things that you need to put yes. in there. Um, Hannah, final question. Uh, this might be like asking you to pick your favourite child, but what is your favourite makeup right now? Um, I am stuck on It Cosmetics CC Cream. It's just a really lovely, moisturising, medium coverage base that has SPF 50, so it's super high. And it just makes skin look good. Annoyingly, I can't use it professionally because red carpet and SPF don't go together. They are not friends. But um, on myself, day to day, I just slap it on and I'm always delighted with the finish. Excellent. I mean, if this is you just slapping it on, then uh, we all want to be you, don't we? Um, <laughs> Hannah, you asked one of those quick fire questions. So let's go a little bit deeper, if you don't mind. Would you share just a little bit of your journey into makeup? I know that your incredible yeah. mum was quite an influence, wasn't she? But I also yeah. know that it, yeah, I've heard you say that makeup was your plan C. So just share a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Big up those on their plan C. Um, <laughs> So yeah, at school, I don't, I don't think I'd really thought of doing anything other than pursuing like acting in some form. Um, but I was very young looking, and at all my auditions, I got the same feedback, which was, "You look young. You look very commercial. Uh, so if you're serious about acting, go away, get some life experience, and come back." Which I wasn't prepared for. I hadn't even planned on taking a gap year or anything. And then actually, I went with your twin sister to an open casting call for Hollyoaks thinking that's like the most commercial thing I know so winning clearly and then I didn't get a call back from that either so it was very much like the door was being firmly closed on that kind of dream so you know my boyfriend now husband's mum at the time was a nurse and I thought like what have I got to lose let's give that a go um so I had an emergency gap here I applied to do nursing and day one, registering at the John Radcliffe in Oxford, I was like, what have I done? <laughs> like, oh no, like, I don't like the smell. I don't like the building. I don't like, I just, I felt really claustrophobic and like hot. And 
I remember I'd actually spatial awareness isn't my strong point and I got out of the hospital and I was like oh dear I don't remember where I live I don't <laughs> I don't remember the street name and I I don't really know where I am so it all I got off to a bit of a rocky start but I stuck at it feeling like I couldn't really fail again so soon having failed at the one thing I was meant to be good at which was the whole acting thing so um stuck it out but then in my third year having had some kind of I had periods of time out from uni because I just I was miserable essentially and um I decided I wasn't going to do my dissertation I wasn't going to do the management module which meant my you know my certificate got downgraded from a um degree to a diploma and in the time that I would have been doing those modules I actually joined the drama society and did make up the drama society and did a play and just loved it and I was like oh this is what I love come on and I think I recognized that actually creativity was really core to my sense of self and I wasn't getting that in nursing and whilst I loved people and caring and many aspects of nursing I actually knew it wasn't going to be a vacation that I could give myself to wholeheartedly and so I did what any rational person would do and I walked into Debenhams and walked around the beauty counters until the benefit counter were like, well, we, you seem great. You love makeup. Why don't you come and do what's known as a trade test? And like within a week I was working on that counter. So, um, yeah, that was kind of it. I didn't really look back from makeup at that point. The only thing that I didn't realize was, you know, I, I got married a year later, we moved to London and although I wanted to be like an independent makeup artist, I, I guess I also kind of thought I'm really happy. I've loved my time in Debenhams in Oxford if I end up just working in retail all my adult life in beauty, then that's fine because I love it. Um, you know, I think what Simon and I, the only thing we really knew we wanted was to grow our family. So like uh, a career as such wasn't really in my periphery. I just wanted to work with makeup and enjoy it. So where did your big break come? My big break, I suppose. So... um. I got a job with Bobby Brown, which I absolutely loved. And I got the job because I called the area manager every day for two weeks until she agreed to meet me in Starbucks. Um, so, and I loved that. And I did that kind of, I was on the shop floor for three years before I got promoted into what was called the pro artistry team, which was a global nucleus kind of team of artists that Bobby was kind of the head of. And yeah, like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that was an option when I joined the brand, but it was amazing. I travelled around all over the place and travelled internationally and worked fashion weeks and all sorts of things and kind of with press and stuff in the UK. Um, but then I there was a there was a big wedding room and somehow I worked that wedding and um back in two thousand and eleven and that was kind of the thing that I guess put my name like on the map. Obviously, we're not allowed to talk about it, but it was probably the wedding of the century, wasn't it? <laughs> it was kind well, of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. You're listening to Unapologetic from Premier Unbelievable. Hannah, what is your philosophy on makeup? There you go. I, we thought we wouldn't talk about theology and philosophy, yeah. but there we go. Yeah. And, and I, I guess like, related to that, how would you respond to someone who feels that they need to wear makeup to look beautiful? Actually, I would say, like, actually none of us need makeup. We are all intrinsically beautiful. And 
you know, in the words of Claudia Winkleman, like how you look to be the least interesting thing about you. But my philosophy, my personal philosophy is when I'm working with someone doing their makeup, I, I don't so much care about how they look at the end of their time with me. What I care about is how they feel. And that's true whether you are an actress about to walk the red carpet or Sarah from down the road who's about to go and do the school run. If five minutes with your makeup bag sounds really cheesy, Rue, but I hope you'll appreciate it. Actually, being calm with yourself for a minute, like touching your face in a way that's soft and gentle. Um, actually, for a lot of people, those couple of minutes in the mirror with their makeup bag might be the only few minutes of self care that they practice all day. Um, so if you do that, and the result is you feel good about yourself and you feel a bit more braced for the day, then I'm a massive advocate for that. Hannah, you have got children of your own. I work a lot with young people and I've got a, a very boisterous toddler. <laughs> how, how do you think we live either as young people or those who are raising children in this somewhat filter-obsessed, photoshopped culture? Mm. It, like, it's certainly extraordinary. And I I see friends of mine who have slightly older children and um, how filters and things are so just ingrained whereas I think the young people maybe recognize their filters I think what's challenging is people of my age and older don't necessarily recognize the filter and how find it very hard to understand when you know people show me images and say I want my foundation to look like this and I go fantastic that is photoshop or that is an AI app that has just completely altered that image and um, that's quite hard because I think people kind of of older generations aspire to images they have no concept are filtered and think well why can't I have skin that looks like that completely poreless completely even tone but then I fear for the younger generations that they are so their perception of what's real is so skewed by filters and stuff that potentially are you know is there a generation of young people with really bad self-esteem because they aren't confident to share images of themselves that haven't been like highly edited it's it's really quite terrifying I don't think it's going to last though I really don't I think I think social media apps are going to I don't know I can't see it lasting I think we're going to get wise to it and they're going to be prohibited that's my prayer anyway. There's an amazing line in your book, actually, where you're talking exactly about that, the kind of the lack of pause in photos. And you say, you know, people don't realise that they've been erased. And you say, the perfection is not real. It's, it's manufactured. You are real and you are perfect. Yeah. And I think that's such an important message, isn't it? That actually yeah. you are real and you are perfect. Yeah. I, I read about in your book, the lipstick effect. And that yeah. fascinated me. Would you just say a bit yeah. about the lipstick effect? So the lipstick effect, it was first really noticed, actually, sadly, after 9-11, where um, in the States in particular, it was Leonard Lauder who said it, but actually they found that people, women in particular, were buying loads more lipstick than they had been before. And what they understood that to be was times are really tough. They've been through so much trauma, but actually the purchase of something like a high-end lipstick gave women older people buying this great sense of joy. So in a time where economically it was really tricky uh, and the knock-on effect of life post 9-11, actually makeup sales increased. And um, 
you know, maybe people didn't have the budget to go and buy designer handbags or designer clothes anymore, but they could maybe treat themselves to a nice lipstick. And they did that to bring joy and to spark joy and to make themselves feel better. And it's interesting, we see it, you know, we then had the foundation index in the UK when times are tough here financially. So it's really interesting that when times get tough, we see people buy makeup. And I get it. I get it. A little pick me up. Hannah, you and Simon look like you are kind of bossing the working parent thing. I'm sure it's not as like glorious off camera as it is on. But do you have any top tips for parents who are juggling working and parenting and everything else that that life brings? What what are your top tips? <laughs> so I think one of my top tips would be to have a shared calendar. I love that I can nip into my phone calendar anytime and see what I'm doing, what Simon's meant to be doing, where he's meant to be. Um, and then we can slot in uh, the kids' needs of where we need to be and divvy out responsibilities between the two of us. And, um, you know, I'm sure people would say, oh, Simon's a vet. he's the modern man. He's very capable. No, he's just a human being. And, you know, <laughs> parenting is a joint job. And we, we, yeah, we very much split responsibilities. Um, but I would feel like a fraud if I didn't say that we do have help three days a week just because... Um, Sometimes my work can be quite so manic that I might have a very early call time and a very late finish. So it's great for the kids to have um, a little bit of, you know, Jane who's with us three days a week um, for some stability and some support there. Hannah, you work really closely with clients when you're working on makeup and obviously it can take hours sometimes and you get to chat to them. Do you ever feel like you're able to share your faith with them or is that something that just doesn't really come up in conversation? I think I have some clients who are more receptive than others. Um, certainly, if an opportunity arises, then I will share if I can, if it feels natural, if it feels comfortable. Um, what I do do, I don't know if I should admit to it publicly, is that like I can't remember a job where I didn't pray for my client at some point during that moment and it just comes naturally and I do it in my head sometimes I'm praying honestly dear lord let this eyeliner go okay <laughs> because you know when we practice or when we're training you know your models usually sat still but when you're with a client they could be talking to the agent whilst on the phone and doing this and the hairdresser's got their head bobbing and actually you're like I'm gonna need some supernatural strength here to make this winged liner look straight um so but I just hope more than anything that, you know, the way I am with my clients speaks of Jesus' love for them. Do you know what I mean? And I will say I am sometimes 50% makeup artist, 50% friend, confidant, therapist, you know. So, um, yeah, it's my job not only to help them feel good about their appearance for whatever it is they're going to it's also my job to ascertain quite quickly what they need from me and whether that's a shoulder to cry on, someone to vent to, someone to calm them down, someone to raise their energy. Um, and actually, I thank nursing for helping me learn some of those, you know, interpersonal skills and interpret interpreting nonverbal communication and all that kind of thing. Thank you for listening to Unapologetic. I'm Ruth Jackson. And as always, you can find out more about our guests through the links with today's show. 
we would love to hear your feedback. Do drop us an email with your thoughts at unbelievable at premier.org.uk or get in touch via social media. And don't forget, there are more shows, articles and resources at our website, premierunbelievable.com. You can also register there for the chance to win a free book. That's premierunbelievable.com. And if you enjoy listening to Unapologetic, please do consider rating and reviewing it. Thank you for listening and see you next time. You've been listening to Unapologetic. For more shows, resources and our newsletter, visit premierunbelievable.com.